0: Hello and welcome to the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe. I'm the editor of the magazine. and feeling very hoarse after a weekend of meat, mayhem and music at Grillstock in Bristol. This week, I've done some very serious live reporting from Grillstock. I've been speaking to my good friends and festival organisers, John Finch and Ben Merrington, who you also might recognise from our latest issue. They were the chaps telling you at the back in our lowdown how to get the perfect ribs. Plus... I did a tutored lager tasting with Joe Miller, beer sommelier, at the festival. And we have Janine, our food editor, and Anna, our cookery writer, talking about 2016 being the year of the cauliflower. In complete contrast to all of my meaty talk at Grillstock, they're going to tell you why you don't have to just stick to halloumi on the barbecue this year if you're looking for a meat-free menu. There are so many great options, including Anna's incredible grillable vegan burger and more. So forgive my huskiness and let's get started with Janine and Anna talking about all things veggie.
1: So today we're going to be talking about some new veggie and vegan trends, including lots of new barbecue ideas from our latest issue. Um, So I'm here with Anna, cookery writer. (laughs) And Anna's written the barbecue feature for our July issue. And it's packed with fantastic new ideas, including what we think is the ultimate vegan burger. It's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us how you manage that vegan burger (laughs) magic, because it is quite incredible. Well,
2: a lot of the... A lot of the vegan and vegetarian burgers that I've had, um, they're really tricky to actually put on the barbecue, and so you're missing out on on all the, the fun like of the barbecue. The char as yeah. well, the char on the outside and the smoke. And it's frustrating when they crumble and, you know, you don't yeah. get the nice char lines. So um, we thought we'd just try and come up with an actual grillable vegan um, patty. So it's really meaty as well, and, you know, it's got a really nice colour. So it's made with... Um, beans and brown rice and we've also got some smoked paprika in it for like smokiness
1: yeah because I think when we tried it one of the things that we were really surprised about was that it did actually have a little bit of bite to it so it's not it's not the horrible mush that you sometimes get with veggie burgers
2: yeah I also I find it quite frustrating when bean burgers are also breaded and deep fried because that's not it doesn't feel like a patty to me that's you know something different Mm -hmm. so um yeah we thought we'd go for straight up burger
1: so what else have we got in that feature as well? We've got some really interesting, we've got a really nice thing to do with sweet corn because I know a lot of people are really, because um, it's such a simple thing to do, you know, parboil it and then yeah. chuck it on the barbecue. And the topping you've done is a kind of Mexican
2: type. Yeah, thing. so um, it's a kind of a mix between uh, a crema, which is uh, sour cream, double cream, and um, with lime, coriander and feta as well. Uh, so it's yeah, it's really, it's a bit different Um
1: so you get the good chew of the corn and then you get like a salty creamy topping yeah, which is yeah. really good they That's are really addictive. definitely one to try um and then my other favorite because again i think it's a vegetable that kind of mimics not we that no, we want to mimic meat but it's got that bite to it so you can't actually grill it is the smoky miso aubergine yes
2: it just sort of it feels like it's a match made in heaven to be honest um uh, I know a lot of people grill them, but I thought, well, why not take it outside if you're doing something a bit a, a bit different as well, because you don't want to stick with traditional. Uh, English or American flavors on the barbecue so I thought we'd do something a bit Japanese as well Um, and it's with a pickled mouli as well so it's really nice it's sort of sweet sour salty
1: and that one that one's actually vegan too so I mean, we've got it's not just vegetarians and it's not just a lot of stuff with cheese on there we have got some stuff which is strictly vegan and it's a kind of a trend that we've been seeing happening a lot recently it's something that's been um, out from the fringes and really moved into the mainstream and I think people are really embracing it as a sort of a healthier way to kind of supplement your diet, you know, a bit, bit of this and that. What what other trends of, are we seeing in the kind of vegan and vegetarian? There's a lot what?
2: of um, whole vegetables being uh, grilled or uh, roasted, so whole cauliflowers, yeah. whole carrots, that sort of thing. Um, also, uh, collie steaks as well, which um, <coughs> a, I don't know. A former olive cover star, yes. the collie steak. <laughs> a hero. Um, yeah, so, and the, also those can go on the barbecue as well, so it's kind of nice. It's it's, it's It feels like, you you know, you're eating a, a meal rather than just little bits, so... Um.
1: Yeah, I think we said that um, cauliflower is, you know, it's 2016's Hero Veg, and it keeps on going. Like, we've had a cauliflower steak on the cover. We've done cauliflower rice. We've had cauliflower as a, a pizza base yeah. as well, which works really well. Yeah. And um, a new thing that we're quite interested in, so you might see a recipe for it popping up quite soon, is... Um, been reading about in the US they do buffalo cauliflower so it's kind of buffalo wings and it's um, cauliflower that's tossed in spices and then baked until it's crisp and then you serve it with blue cheese dip which I think sounds fantastic that so sounds I think really we'll probably have to make that happen in a future issue. I've seen cauliflower popcorn as well which I'm not sure i will mm. eat a whole <laughs> bag <bite> of that but <laughs> And you said that you actually had a couple of um, slightly dodgier vegetable well, yeah. trends that you spotted. So it's really exciting
2: to see all the uh, all the vegetables sort of in <clears throat> the in the light at the moment. But I have seen a few pulled porks made with carrots. Um, can, can you explain
1: how it works? Because I still
2: can't get my head around it. This is it's mental. So it's just stewed carrots, and they sort of fall apart, and it's got the same colour, probably not the same texture as pulled pork. I imagine so. it'd be
1: quite mushy. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and another one is so you've got the beer can chicken, and now we've got the whole, whole cabbage version. So what is the
1: beer can chicken? Because that, that is. I mean we we've got we have actually got a recipe coming up very soon in the future which uses beer can chicken and that is you open a tin of beer yeah. and you sit the chicken over the top of the beer can and then you um put the lid on a sort of Weber style barbecue and let the the beer steam the yeah. inside of the chicken as it as it cooks. So it's a great idea and it's been around for a long time. Yeah, but
2: it's um it's it's really good. I think a lot of people have been doing it like camping and things. Yeah, it's just it just makes the meat super juicy. But this version is hollowing out the cabbage <laughs> and then doing the same thing. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure if it would, you know, have the same effect, but don't think we'll be.
1: I think beer cabbage can though. cabbage. Even even the sort of even the combination of beer and cabbage yeah. sort <laughs> of together feels yeah. a little bit of a step too far. This week, um, if you want to look online, we're going to put up a fantastic new video for beetroot rice, which Anna has just um, created a recipe for. So, yeah... um Oh, and next step on from cauliflower rice, yeah. really. And it's actually really lovely because you chop the beetroot and then you just pulse it in the food process. Yeah, it's and really it, quick. It, it makes it into these little nubbles of uh, beetroot. And even though it's raw, what that does is it allows the beetroot to soak up all of the gorgeous vinaigrette that you've yeah. put on it. So it's one for your barbecue um, this year. Side, watch out, Yeah, watch out for it and impress your friends. It's very colourful and we've topped it with some seeds and some lovely um white sort of creamy feta so that's one to look out for so thanks very much Anna loads of great tips there and if you want um any more veggie tips then obviously go to olivemagazine.com and look out for this issue and our new issue next month yeah thank you
0: Next up, I speak to John Finch and Ben Merrington, the co-founders of Stocks, a brilliant music, meat and mayhem festival in Bristol that's been going since 2010. It's now the seventh festival here in the city, and it celebrates all things American barbecue, low and slow meat culture, and this weekend they had 18,000 visitors. I've been lucky enough to take part every year as a judge in the barbecue competition that they hold. So here's Ben talking about the brilliant music, followed by John about the food.
3: Uh, We've had some amazing music actually. Stranglers are playing uh, tonight. They're going to close the festival. We've had Fratelli's, Levelers, and some really really cool local bands in the bar. We always try and get some really good local bands in, so that's quite important for us in Bristol. You know, it's it's a very kind of local event. So yeah, it's been great actually. It's been really really fun.
4: And what's the best thing you've eaten this weekend, guys?
3: Somebody cooked a
5: slow smoked beef rib yesterday, then glazed it, topped it with grilled foie gras and truffle. In uh, the Chef's
3: Choice round, it's superb, yeah. absolutely superb. It was probably one of the nicest things we've eaten over the eleven festivals we've done. I think, actually, judging Chef's Choice, yeah, it was amazing. There's been some bad things. Yeah, one year,
5: a very well-respected chef, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> uh, smoked some pureed aubergine in a cabbage leaf. Uh, you know, I like the guy, but it's like eating a smoked slug. And when you're <laughs> slightly hungover, it doesn't really help as well, does it? <laughs>
4: Um, okay, so tell us about how the book is doing as well, because you we had a book out earlier this year.
5: So yes, you know. book's fantastic. Uh, it's funny, I mean, Amazon have all these real niche categories. Yeah. So I think we were top, or we are topping meat, poultry and game at the moment,
3: which is amazing. quite a big win R- for us. Restaurant it. books, and then there's another one as well, isn't there? We're topping uh, barbecue restaurants oh. beginning with G in Bristol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's um, amazing. I think it's kind of a combination of the last seven years, really. So. Yeah. We didn't want it just to be a, a cookbook with loads of recipes. We wanted to kind of get some of the grill stock culture in, yeah. for, um, you know, photos from the festivals, uh, guest recipes from some of the bands that are played, okay. uh, which is you know really cool. Actually, and the we're teams. really proud. I mean,
5: these these guys are at the top of the game barbecue wise. They're yeah. cooking the best barbecue you can eat, yeah. and we've got recipes from some of them that four six pages on the real nitty gritty. Yeah. detail on how to smoke a perfect brisket yeah. and you, you can't just learn that from the internet you've got to that's years and years of practicing so we've got a few of those in there and then everything right down to just how to cook a chicken nice in your back garden on a Weber kettle so it's uh, the whole rain loads of photos from the festivals in yeah. there a few photos of me a few photos of the dogs <laughs> kids there are more photos of his dogs in the book <laughs> his dogs get a full page spread in the book <laughs> which is more than we get
4: and so there are people from all over the UK that come here to um, put their meets forward for the barbecue Yeah.
5: So the first grill stock in 2010, we had 12 teams compete uh, and we struggled to fill those spots. Uh, nobody knew what competition barbecue was. Nobody did it. There were a few teams, uh, that was it. So it's made up like my brother, his cousin, aunties, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I think we had over 100 teams applied to compete. Um, we selected these 30 that are here today, 29 here today, because either they've been to grill stock, in fact, all but all one of them, one one of them bit, yeah. have competed yeah. previously and then one new team. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to choose. So we kind of stay loyal to the guys that have grown with us over the
3: years. Yeah. And they come back every year. They love it. It's a shame we can't fit any more in here, really. Um, yeah. The 30 is kind of the limit. Yeah. Um, for this festival, so well, Laura, you just had twenty-nine
5: wings. So, I what did. do you, what <laughs> do you think
3: if we had fifty teams competing?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think my stomach can take that. But I've been in training. I've, I've been here for every festival. I think yeah, have yeah, and yeah. I, and um, yeah, my stomach's grown every year. Season so. judge. <laughs> a judge. Yeah.
5: Um, and you wore a stretchy skirt yesterday. I I all. Really,
4: I did. I came prepared. I came prepared. <laughs> all the teams
5: this
3: year are from the UK, but we have had okay. guys from the states, from Europe over the years really? as well. So Australia, Australia, South yeah, it's Africa. Been really, really good.
5: Actually.
4: Is really it they take it so seriously and, and you can taste that when you get to yeah. the final product
5: as well. well. there's big prizes. You know, yeah. the first year, it was just kind of the kudos of winning at Grillstock. But now teams that have done well at Grillstock have gone open to onto open restaurants on the back of it yes. to get their own line of barbecue, seasonings yeah. and sauces out there. And the prize money is great. You know, they, they can win a thousand pounds. They win oh, trips they to the States, go and compete in America there. and. So, yeah, it's worth, um, every year the prizes go up a notch, don't they? So,
4: in our latest issue, we've got a great feature by you guys yeah. on, on ribs. Smoking just, ribs. Smoking ribs. So, what are your top tips if people haven't read that article yet? I guess quickly summarize.
5: Top tips, um, I mean, not just smoking ribs, but for any barbecue, just slow everything down, yeah. relax. Uh, here, we tend to get the fire as hot as we can and then burn our burgers, burn the chicken, yeah. and everything's not cooked. Just, just slow everything down. It's not a race to get the food cooked. Yeah. And actually, what we say in the article is the longer it takes, you to cook. Uh, the longer you've got an excuse to sit outside drinking beer next to your barbecue cooking,
3: yeah, so totally. and do your homework awesome. on you know cooking on real wood and, and yeah. how it kind of adds flavour and you know the different kind of smokes and heats and things like that. So we it's all about the low and slow,
5: so we're not really grilling food here like we would in Britain. I mean, you could warrant probably eighteen hours sitting outside yeah. cooking if you if exactly. you wanted to, and mm. you got that much beer. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> There's always a way. There's Brilliant. always a way. <laughs> all right, thank you so much, guys. So thank I'm you, Laura. Festival again, and um, I will be back next year.
0: So that was Ben Merrington and John Finch, the co-founders of Grillstock. Thank you very much. And if you're feeling inspired having listened to the great time we had at Grillstock, make sure you go to olivemagazine.com, where we've got a brilliant feature at the moment of our favourite food and music festivals. And every single month we round up our favourite food festivals and food events for you to enjoy across the UK. Now, as a judge, I was lucky enough to taste some incredible things over the weekend. I was judge at the burger round and the chef's choice round of the barbecue competition. But to help swill all of those down, I managed to grab five minutes with Joe Miller, who was Budvar's beer sommelier for the day. So here's Joe to talk us through the joys of lager. Okay, there's so
6: 1,700 pints in the festival tanks today. We've got four of them. Um, the usual tanks um, hold 880 pints. And uh, we've got four... Tank sites in the UK. The last one we just launched last week with Simon um, Rimmer um, at his new place in uh, Wirral. Um, and um, the one that sells the most is the Oast House in Spinning Fields in Manchester and they sell about a tank a week which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Ben was just asking, is it has it got um uh has it got kind of extra yeast in or something? But this one doesn't, but we do have another beer called um, Poisoned, uh, which is a really interesting beer, actually. Harks back to in the olden days um, when the guys added used to add a little bit more um, yeast to give it a little bit extra bubble before it went out to the pubs because yeast has got three jobs. Um, one is eat sugar, piss uh, alcohol, and burp CO2. <laughs> so in the wooden bungs, they used to take out the wooden bungs, and all the time it was releasing CO2. Okay. So they used to add a little bit of extra yeast just to kind of kickstart old okay. turbo charge, okay. as we've now now, uh, <laughs> now coined it. Uh, so yeah, so there is a beer called poison but this doesn't add, add extra yeast, it's just unpasteurized. Okay. So it's nice and kind of clear still. I think Joey is doing sort of some pints, is he? Because I'm like well thirsty, I don't yeah. know So ordinarily, if we were doing an actual tasting, what you would do is just basically yes. nazdravi. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, ordinarily, what we do if you're doing actual tasting, you'd hold it up to the light to see if it was clear. Yeah, this is, but because it's a frosted glass, right? so I get it. Yeah. And you're, gonna, you're looking out for a little bit of um, foam as well. The foam is actually where the um, the hop flavour resides in the beer predominantly. It gives you that aroma from it. Yeah. So hops have three jobs again. Everyone has three jobs around here, don't they? Yeast have three jobs, hops have three jobs. So uh, hops has three jobs. Um, it's uh, aroma, bitterness and preservative. The right. hops that the guys use is um, uh, Zars hops. A lot of, <laughs> of brewers now use like, um, you know, uh, hop pellets or, uh, you know, basically hop juice. Just kind of like, and it's it's cheaper. So it's much more expensive to brew with whole hops. And it kind of depends on what beer you want to do. Like, if you just wanted, like, a, right, you know, somebody's going to deliver massive hot bikes. it's an American-style IPA. Do you know what? That's their choice. There's nothing wrong with that. But this is a lager, so it's meant to be a really soft, subtle symphony of flavours.
0: Joe went on to tell us that there's no hiding from brew mistakes with a lager, and we've all had the opportunity of drinking bad lager, haven't we? But even in our plastic glasses, in the glaring heat at Grillstock, this Budvar tasted just as it should. So here's Joe again, along with my very inquisitive baker mate, Ben, to tell us why. And forgive the music if it's a bit loud in the background, I did mention this was a music and mayhem festival too, didn't I? The Budvar guys,
6: again, I've never heard of this, and I'm going to visit a lot of breweries. They use their yeast three times, most brewers use it ten times and that's because um, they, they just want to make sure that it has the best um, sort of DNA impact right. by only using it a few times so it like, keeps that flavour really honest. Yeah. Honestly, it's phenomenal. The, the lens that they go to is honestly genuinely really, really phenomenal. And link between the
4: difference between sourdough bread and white sliced bread. And lager normally gets tainted as being the white sliced bread of the, the beer and ale world, and this is more down the sourdough end of the market. It's so hard to
6: brew a really good lager, and that's why um, that's why these, goes to, these guys go to pains to make it because you can't hide. Yeah. You know, if you were, um, you know, if you like making like a big chili or something with loads of flavours, you can kind of like hide from. Um, having cheaper meat or um, whatever but actually if you want to make a really you know a really uh, subtle kind of fish or vegetable it's all about the ingredients and how you then really react to them as opposed to kind of stuffing in flavors um, and it's a really kind of similar thing so and they've been doing it for 120 years and so yeah, they're, they're pretty they're pretty up <laughs> to
4: as it work for the British market, so often the British market goes with most bland flavours like mayonnaise, white sliced bread, lager beer kind of generally the dumped down version of an egg. Do they struggle to, do they try to put more flavour in it or do they try to dump down the flavour at the end of the No, we do, the, it's the same. So
6: what you're drinking here is exactly the same as you were drinking the home market in the Chobabubli. Right. Okay. Um, especially, if, you know, the, the, the tank is literally, it's been in the country for less like than 48 hours. So it's driven, it takes about 11 days, if you were to uh, hang on, if you were to walk it, it would take 11 days. So I've got my checkbook go. like, non-stop, just pointing that one out there, I don't know if anyone wants to put those in text yet. Anyone up for a trip? Let's go!
0: So thank you again to beer smellier Joe Miller. And if you'd like to learn any more about Simon Rimmer's tank beer at his new pub and bakehouse, The Viking, in West Kirby that Joe mentioned, you can visit olivemagazine.com for our new review. Thank you very much for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. Please remember to review and rate us on iTunes so even more lovely people like you can listen to us. Next week, I am taking a little break. I know, again, I have to have a holiday though. It is the summertime. I'm going to Ibiza, so I'm going to make sure I listen back to our Olive Magazine podcast on why Ibiza is a great foodie destination this year. And next week, you will have Janine, our food editor, taking over as host. If you've got any ideas or suggestions for us on things you'd like us to talk about, or if you want to just let us know how much you're loving us, hopefully not hating us, then do get in contact with us at Olive Magazine. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube. You can email us. phone us we just want to hear from you so happy cooking happy eating happy traveling if you're going to a lovely foodie destination this summer like I am and I will hope to speak to you all soon cheers